Well, hi there, folks. Glad you could make it. Today, I'd like to talk to you about a very important person, special person, a person special to me and to you as well. Today, I'd like to talk to you about corn. The first thing to understand about corn is that corn hates you. He hates you. He hates your friends. He hates your family and loved ones, and he hates me as well. Corn's one greatest hope is that the whole galaxy is consumed in the fires of his devastation. And isn't that a wonderful thing to imagine? But that's enough from me. We'll talk more about that later on. Enjoy the show, and as you're listening, think about Corn. Think about Corn and remember his famous words Blood for the Blood God, Skulls for the Throne of Corn. See ya. This is the Traxxas Sector Warcast, a podcast about Warhammer 40k Conquest, the living card game from Fantasy Flight Games. Your hosts are Tobin Lopez, John King, and Carl Anderton. Episode 22. All you need is blood. Blood. Blood is all you need. Alright, welcome folks. This is episode 22 of the Traxxas Sector Warcast. I'm Tobin Lopez. I'm John King. And I'm Carl Anderton. Uh, what are we up to today, John? Blood for the blood god! <laughs> Skulls for the skull throne! Cards for the card players! <laughs> it's our chaos episode, folks. Barzul is here. We're, we are happy cultists sacrificing ourselves upon the, his blades of torment and pain. We'll discuss the cards we like and those that scare the living shit out of us. <laughs> We're handing this episode over to our own corn cultist for the knoweth, the mostest aboutest the chaos. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, the Barzul is here. He has arrived. Unfortunately, he hasn't quite gotten to this particular location in Fort Collins. He's on some truck driving around right now. He's coming. He's coming today. <laughs> but he's he'll coming be today. There's a reasonable so, chance you'll hear him knocking on the door. So if this is an abbreviated episode, you know what we're doing. <laughs> you know why we ended may, kind of abruptly. There may be extra, he's here! There may be extra, well, exactly that, yeah. <laughs> he's arrived. So, um, I'm excited. I Last week... Before the the boundless hate cards got spoiled, I was thinking we haven't seen the Astro Military well Imperial mm-hmm. Guard Astro Military whatever. However, I kind of think of them. I started out as Astro Military, but <laughs> since I've been reading all the books, it's now Imperial Guard. Oh yeah, yeah, Astro yeah. Military, whatever. Yeah. Imperial, yeah, I get it. Imperial Military, Astro <laughs> yeah. Astro Guard, Astro Guard, yeah, Astro Guard, Star Guards, yeah. Star Blaze, yes. <laughs> no, uh, that was a way. That was a tangent. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, we saw those Astro Militarium, and uh, I love the little guy, the little 1-1. One, one. Oh, I'm at a green planet. I get plus one, plus one. I cost one. I have one command icon. Oh, with war? At a green planet, I'm a 3-2 for one cost. Yay. John and I were talking. And Talon Raiders versus him. It's apples and oranges. It's like Talon Raiders is zero, a 1-2 at a green planet for one command icon. 3-2. As long as you're war playing Lord. war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, as long as you're playing war. But with the green, the green planet guy, you're gonna so be playing wolf. Yeah. So you if know? your war, green the the Sicilum shrine guards are probably just a little bit better because they're not dependent on a warlord being there. And are they one one command icon? Right? But they're and but the they're one command icon. Oh, then yeah, that's almost a no brainer. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they recall, but they rely on green planets. Yeah. The Talon doesn't. Right. So Two when you're going war, you're going all in on green. If you're go, if you're you know. So like two, two, two and two. Comes to mind? Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, what, that's what we were thinking. Yeah. Sli- slightly more Talon Raiders with less, less restriction. You know? Yeah, because yeah. Tobin, was, yeah. Tobin and I were talking about it, uh, you know, what units do you replace? Because there's also the Rattling Deadeye. 
that's a one-one one command icon. Yep. Granted, he's got ranged. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, okay. Instead of playing three to learn and three rattling dead eyes, you know, you play two, two, and two, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tobin pointed out, well, having a cat- having a, the catacomb outpost and a possible three-one ranged, and a, when you know going into a battle that your opponent's got to got to take into account, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. The rattling so, dead eyes with a potential catachan combination is just I need the three ups. I need the three ups on rattling dead eyes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I agree with well, that. Well, and, and if he's a green, he's hitting for four. Yeah. I mean, you know, like as long a, as you're playing with war. Right. right <laughs> playing with war. Yeah, but it's a it's a proven proven powerful trick. That's the thing. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. And the it's thing a is, disincentive yeah. for going to that planet because oh, all yeah. of a sudden you have unless you have a ranged guy yourself and initiative, you're gonna have to deal with four damage coming at you. Yeah, right? no, completely. You have to. You you might not have four damage coming at you because I might put it something. I might not use the Katachan outpost. Uh-huh. But right. I'm really trying to pronounce it Katachan, by the way. <laughs> so is that how it's supposed to be? That's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, the, like four chan. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the people. <laughs> I'm going to bring out my Midwest accent. <laughs> yeah. The people I ever spoke What's to. What's that like, all Katachan and like for? Nottingham HQ and stuff who work for the company always referred to it as Katachan. Okay. So yeah. That's about as close as we're going to get. I really so. try, but it's hard. <laughs> the, the etymologist in me says it's Katachan. Well, you also you've also learned it originally like that, so you're trying to get right. around the right. the verbal dexterity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. So uh, one of the things that has happened since, and this has been covered uh, quite a bit online, is FFG released a policy for cheating. What amounts to you know, th- you know, cheating or evidence of cheating or so on and so forth, and basically what what <laughs> the policy outlines is a whole big huge investigation. Outlines that they will interview everybody that possibly might have had any kind of visibility to what happened, and then uh, and then they'll make decisions. They're not holding themselves to a timeline, which I like. Mm-hmm. The 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 interesting part was the banned folks that appear on the list that's on the site. Uh, may not organize, play, attend, or spectate in any organized play at all. Like, no games. No Conquest, no Star Wars, no Netrunner, no Game of Thrones 2, no Game of... Well, no Game of Thrones 1, technically. You know, nothing. Zero. He's done. Right? Five years. Is Pearson Payne is the only one that shows up on that list, and he's banned until August 1st, 2020. Yeah. So, it's a while out. There's some awesome stuff in here. I mean, you said there, first of all, the big investigation part. That's very comforting, because that's not... Um, we have decided you have done this wrong, so we're going to right. just arbitrarily ban you. They want or to go some, and get or, all this Or effort. somebody said, oh, you know, you cheated. Somebody yeah. said you cheated, so we're yeah. going to have to... Yeah, so they're going to work know. and work and get yeah. to the point and, yeah. make, and take the time to make sure they're, they're confident about that. And that I mean, obviously they are in this case. We Most of us have seen the actual well, evidence. The, of the, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, and, th- and this is kind of... This, this policy is almost an after-the-fact thing because they do have floor rules for Netrunner, mm-hmm. specific floor rules. Like, if you break a rule in this manner, this is what happens mm-hmm. for certain levels of competition. And I, I, I know it's coming for Conquest, right? And we know that the Conquest already has, to some extent, floor rules, although they're less vague than the Netrunner ones. They have floor rules in the turning rules book that they have. In concert with those two things, you have quite a bit of control over how punishment is meted out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So the policy is really, I think, I think the policy is retroactive, right? So you this may not catch it on the flip side. There may be, may be egregious enough that you, it's an immediate disqualification, but in that, those cases, you can make adjustments in the tournament itself, during the tournament itself. I think you've hit a fair point. In some ways, this, um, this is sentencing. 
as it were. We, we, we know what you did, we can mm-hmm. prove it. We've just decided that it's far worse, it needs, uh, it needs more of a punishment, and the, the best thing for the game is to say, no, you're done. Right. And I'll also mention that in that same document, kind of carefully concealed, is a comment that anyone not enforcing any um, organising group, anyone running an event that doesn't enforce this reporting of a, um, of a cheating, and therefore, by proxy, any of the FOG floor rules can be made not to run events. Mm. Yeah. Now, if I'm going to be blunt, that's fantastic. Okay. I've heard plenty of stories of places running events that are less than entirely above board in terms of how they've treated players, been less than well organised, been not not in the kind of quality you want to go along to, not the kind of thing where a player's going to go, I'll cool. go back. And then th- those people not being able to do an, any event again is also good for the game. Very good, you know. You know, if something's not organised well... It could be lack of experience, whatever. And at that point, you know, give them feedback saying, hey, you know, it would be better if such and such. I'm thinking, though, but I mean, obviously, if you've got somebody running a game and they make sure their best friend wins, mm. you know, like, well, or your, their best friend's cheating kind of stuff. And somebody calls them out and they're like, oh, well, no, that guy plays here all the time. We're not, you know, we're not mm-hmm. worried about it. Then I can see that being an issue of saying, hey, this place, <clears throat> they're not going to enforce the rules. Mm-hmm. So they shouldn't be running events, but but somebody, just, I mean, because I've been to tournaments that are that have been poorly organized because they were first time tournament organizers, right? You but know, but, but in those cases, so I think everybody, well, not everybody, but people understand largely understand that this mm-hmm. is a first time learning thing. Yeah. But the, I think what Carl's talking about and what maybe the policy spe- talks uh, is speaking to more more is uh, just egregious, right? Uh, non sporting ways of doing things. Yeah. This is the, the stuff I'm getting at. Is to a degree, it's that stuff. It's largely people handing out prizes, organizing, organizing the structure of events in ways that basically after you said, like, no, you shouldn't be doing that. It's not mm-hmm. fair. It's not reasonable. And I have got. I'm, I'm not going to be doing any naming and shaming here, particularly not as someone in professionally involved in the industry. But I've had a good few anecdotes of people going such and such a group of people who I know fairly well came down and ran an event, and it was awful. Mm-hmm. Not because it was not necessarily because it was poorly mismanaged, because they'd just chosen to do things that clearly weren't in the best interest of the people playing. And that's the thing that I'm seeing. The, the, uh, to my mind, the, the other side of this is honestly, guys, if you go to an event where it's pretty clear someone is not doing things above board as the organizer, report them. Yeah. There's no, there's no reason FFG will not, will not, FFG doesn't want anyone running a, a negative event, period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Espe- especially Absolutely. something that's supposedly, you know, under FFG's name. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's rare. I'm not trying to say it's uh, everything out there, but the fact they have this is a positive thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a channel to follow. Policies aside, let's dig into a little bit more fun stuff, or as it might seem, uh, more chaotic things. So we have the four gods of gods, phases. What? what oh, chaos. Okay. Factors. What? What, what are <laughs> they? Okay. So, so let me name them first, because I'm really proud that I can name them. Corn, Slanish, Nurgle, and Zinch. Mm-hmm. Did I get all those pronunciations correct? Slanesh is normally Slanesh? the one for Slanesh. Okay, Slanesh. Zinch Slanesh. is good. Zinch is good because Zinch is the one that gets most people. Okay, Slanesh. Um, I will, I will Sl- mention Slanesh? Slanesh. Slanesh. I will mention that yesterday I went into our into our pre- preparation document we have and changed Nurgle from AL to LE, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I just happened to be, I was like, oh, look at that, correct. <laughs> Me and my automatic spell check built in, don't worry. So, chaos. Um... We we touched about a little bit of this before, but it's it's a weird subject to get into. I'm gonna try and I'm gonna talk a little bit about corn particularly because obviously we have Barzul and his ravening right. massive so, psychopaths. Are they gods? Oh, okay, so chaos is an overall entity. A good way to think about it is a um, a force that is constantly the essence of change. 
literally. It's a, it's a, it's a different dimension to ours in the physical world. The suggestions in the story that it wasn't always like this, that in fact the um, original conflict between the Catan and the Great Old Ones that gave rise to things like the Eldar as psychic warriors, mm -hmm. the early orcs, may yeah. have made the warp more violent and oh, dangerous okay. as it was. Well, the, the book that I just finished, Damned Adam and its Legion, mm -hmm. uses the term primordial annihilator. The idea is Which that, is interesting. The idea is that, that chaos essence is a force that makes everything like itself. It's kind of um, uh, reverse entropy. If, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're scientifically familiar with entropy, entropy is a reduction of compl complication. Um, chaos is the opposite. Chaos makes everything so complicated that it's just unpredictable. It breaks all the physical rules. It makes everything completely malleable. Okay. The, the all right. I'll that's get, that's chaos at its, at its essence. Within that force, within the, the warp and the imperium that's that's um, completely inextricable from chaos. Various entities have turned up. The um, hum human scholars and Eldar and various Aurelian races refer to them as gods because in their realm they're pretty much all powerful. There are lots of these. The four major named ones that we know, the four most powerful and most well well defined, are the four chaos, the four major chaos gods we hear about here: Khorne, Zinch, Slanesh, and Nurgle. Slanesh is the youngest been around the least time, pretty much brought into birth by the Eldar civilization's decadent collapse. Selenesh is the youngest. The youngest, okay. most so. All right. um, oldest is a little tricky. Probably Zinch is our opinion. Is our opinion. Zinch is all is related to manipulation and um, secret schemes. But the current most powerful and the easiest one to talk about is Khorne. Khorne is concerned with nothing but war, murder, and violent death. <laughs> so as you might guess in the 40k universe, he's got plenty He's plenty well fed these days yeah. with the amount of conflict going down. Basically any act of violence committed period strengthens him and particularly anything um, committed, you know, dedicated to his name kind of thing by his various followers. So he, um, he has a predilection for warriors, martial prowess. Any, any great follower of Khorn is somewhere between a highly skilled fighter and a you know, raving psychopath, <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> a ravening psychopath. psychopath. Yeah, quite that indeed, yeah. Corn um, is like one of the interesting ones in terms of simplicity. Um, Zinch is very likely to just betray you for a good, a good like, um, reason. He's going he's gonna to have some weird plot, you know. Nurgle, Nurgle's um, followers are all dour and um, stubborn. They think everything's horribly wrong, but they're going to stay against it anyway. And, you know? and Nurgle is a... Uh is akin to sickness, right? Yeah, yeah okay. it's pl plague, plague and decay. Plague and decay. Yeah, there you go. All right, it's, okay. a, it's a spread of that. And the idea is that these various entities have been shaped by the various things that live in the universe. Hum because humans are big and powerful now, they've they're partly to the blame for how various um, peoples are. They're, they changed the nature of corn to a degree. And the whole th um, one of the interesting things looking about chaos here is this idea that chaos is a meritocracy. By that I mean that chaos promotes people within its ranks because they're good at doing something chaos wants them to do, mm -hmm. and it leads to oh, a really okay. a really interesting reasoning for why someone from the Imperium who's seen all the awful things that chaos can do, how they corrupt, how they essentially enslave anyone that follows them. I mean, you're following Corn. All Corn wants you to do is to kill every last thing alive. When you're the last thing alive, he's quite happy if you die too. That's that's just how he operates. He just wants death to happen. Right. No, and in, and, and in the violent, bloody sense, rather than Nurgle wants everything to just dissolve down into to, to, to it's disease. It's component parts. Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, but if you do well at what you do, chaos rewards you. And there aren't too many places in, in the 40k universe where that's the case. If you live as an average imperial citizen, the odds are good that no matter how good you are at what you do, if you don't have the right friends or people or money, 
it's corrupt <coughs> politics. Yeah, it's, you're not yeah. going anywhere. It's not a meritocracy at all. It's patriarchy and all that, all that stuff that we we deal with these days with big corporations. So the idea that chaos goes, no, you're good at this. We'll we'll okay, we'll benefit I'll, you. Yeah, okay. that's all, that's I a reasonable can, I can, I can thing. Buy that as a as a reasonable argument to go. To, yeah. Yeah, why why it's so seductive? I mean, of course, that's the starting point, and then chaos just like any like any good corruptive force, it gently moves you from one state to the other. You know, moving you from a great powerful, um, great a great powerful noble warrior. Plenty of space marines have done this right through to the slaughterer at the end. It's just an easy glide down that path. Well, to tie it into the books and into the into the some of the cards there. so the world eaters were uh, squ- uh, they followed Angron. They mm-hmm. were the first. They were the first to turn, right? Were they? The, uh, and was the first? Was it the first legion or were not? Uh, the first one to do a definite active betrayal is a reasonable call. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so they, but I mean, they followed Angron. Who I mean, even everybody, even all the other Primarchs referred to as kind of a bloodlusting berserker. Yeah, um, it was. You know, they they unleashed. Him and the world eaters when it was just like, all right, <laughs> like the AK forty seven, everybody absolutely positively's got to die, yep. yeah, yep. and they're and they're going to take and they're going to take a whole lot of punishment doing it. I, I mean, meaning the legions going to take a whole lot of punishment mm-hmm. doing it. They were the 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 big shock, shock troops, yeah, thank you. Yeah. In, in in from what I read in the horse in the horse heresy, obviously when they fell, they fell to corn. Some of the ones that I found, obviously, so there's the Death Guard mm-hmm. with Moratarian. They went to Nurgle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the World Eaters and Angron went to Corn. Mm-hmm. The Emperor's Children and uh, what? Ful- Fulgrim. Fulgrim. Yeah, I was about to say, why am I drawing a blank on it? Fulgrim went to uh, Slanesh. Mm-hmm. And um, I haven't got to them, but I knew I knew that. Uh, Magnus the Red. Um, yeah. So the word bearer, he, went, he went to Z, he went to Zinch. Yeah. Word bearers becoming the Thousand Sons and joining the Thousand Sons of Magnus becoming a Zinch. Sorry, Zinch. Zinch. So and do they mention that specifically in the books, or do you, do you is it just left for you to kind of in the imp- yeah? Well, the where, 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 I, where I got that's where it's kind of t- I kind of tied it together. It hasn't has I've got that far in the heresy where they started saying who they start worshiping, oh, except okay. for you know some of the things that. Some of the short stories I've read, uh, I've read some of the short stories for where uh, Lucius of the Emperor's Children has already—they've already fallen to to Z- Slanesh because they always talk about trying to excite their pleasure and pain centers. Mm-hmm. And in in that, he's also talking about noise marines or what guys that would we would be considering noise marines because they're just looking for the concophony and the discordance that puts them right puts their all their senses right on edge and he didn't follow them he didn't go for that because being a, a the finest swordsman in, in the universe in his mind yeah um he had to have he couldn't destroy his hearing because he had to have good balance mm-hmm. and if you destroy your hearing your balance suffers right. yeah there's a great there's a good contrast there um corn is interested in someone who can kill doesn't really care how, doesn't really care why, just make things dead. Oh, wow. Slanesh, okay. as a, on the combat side of things, Slanesh is not normally interested in fighting unless it's done by someone who elevates it to an art form. Like when it becomes says. something that's going okay. to be perfected and made into this beautiful thing, Slanesh is, is behind the idea, which is why Lucius is the, so, the martial artist kind of fighter that he is. Okay, so well, well, that also makes sense as to then why the Emperor's children kind of ended up following Slanesh is because... Even before they fell to chaos, they were dedicated to perfection of art, beauty, mm-hmm. you know, 
they they talk about all these fantastic sculptures that they have on the ship. You know, mm. they, they venerated artists and brought the brought the the humans along with them. Mm. Great poets, you know. The, so they really appreciated all these forms of art and beauty, and, and the striving for excellence, mm. I guess. And whereas the world eaters obviously were very just martial and materialistic and just thrilled in combat, and then. Um, the 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 more I didn't read a whole lot. Of, I haven't got a whole lot very deep into that story, but Mortarian and the Death Guard seem very dour. Yeah, and it's, it's very plain in their ship. The word the word the word that Max you said about the um, the Emperor's children there is dedicated. You could summarize the four Chaos Gods as as like part of the seven deadly sins things. Mm-hmm. Now, commonly, Slanesh gets lust thrown in as the whole pleasure thing. Right, but honestly, right, right. Slanesh is pride. The people who fall into Slanesh is the pride. We are. We want this. We are the best at this. We Hubris, have this. Exactly. Prideful, okay, okay yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, corn is simple. It's rage. It's mm-hmm. the it's the it's the anger at the heart of every every um human human like creature to destroy things. It's simply the, it's it's destruction. Yeah, destruction. It's anger. Anger in its purest form. Zinch is easy. Zinch is mistrust. But ain't, ain't, I guess I should say not destruction, but destruction. For, in anger. Yeah, for destruction's sake, for the right. simple, simple hatred of living things. You know, hate is a fair call, actually. Okay. Yeah, Zinch to me will be mistrust. It's that whole thing of everyone, everyone is scheming against me, so I must do the same, and keep on doing that. That was that's pretty much how Magnus operated. He okay. didn't trust anybody because he didn't felt they feel and they trusted. Remind him. me who Magnus is again. Magnus the Red is the um, the sorcerer king, the sorcerer guy who um, he sent a message to the emperor, triggering a large part of the heresy. Okay. He was researching. Um, the warp too heavily, getting into its magics right. too, too much. Right, and he ends up he ends up going to chaos, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. almost. Wow. Yeah, yeah, one of the primates. He seemed yeah. like one that was was trying to do that so he wouldn't go to chaos. Exactly, and it wow. makes the makes the point about chaos of that gentle slide. Right, um, I've I've encountered this great power yeah, he, we should be afraid se- of. It seems like from what I know of the storyline, he seems to have resisted it the longest. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, a good way to look at that is he's, he starts out with here's this great power we should be afraid of, here's this great power we should study, so we shouldn't be afraid of. Here's this great power we can use, and yeah, <laughs> down, yeah, 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 on and on he goes. Yeah. Well, and, we've been talking about the Horus Heresy, and and obviously we've I, on our website we have the books that we've read, at least the bo- ones I've read. And I, oh, I don't know I, if you've, I, I haven't posted. I, I, I just I put the list of the four books, the first four of the Heresy, and then I you said you had read Fulgrim, but then stopped in the middle of it, or I yeah, because it was it. one of those where I mean I cannonballed the first those first four within yeah. a week, and after it was like. <laughs> okay, um, you know, I'm beginning to see things <laughs> out of the corner of my eye. I think I need to, you know, back off and and come back to reality. Well, I, read, I, I skipped a couple of them, and I read Legion, and um, you well, Carl, had said, Carl said you that was said, really you good. You had said in a previous podcast that Legion gives you an idea of, at least the way I remember it, was Legion gives you an idea of what humanity would be like without having had chaos. Or without having or had the, like that. the heresy. Without having had the heresy. But, but that's not exactly what ha- they they play it out, and you have to get to the end of the freaking book yeah. before they say that <laughs> before they give you the scenario before you find out a great a great deal of exposition, no. and you're just like, holy crap! Yeah, like, it's, and it's just you're like I'm still sitting here going, yeah, really? Yeah, wow, le- that's that's. That's hmm. I don't even want to give it. I don't even want to say what it is. Yeah, yeah I was about to say, please don't. I, I don't say, want to give it away. Yeah, Legion's but, my kind wow. of story because I love that kind of tale anyway. It's, it's really, a well, it's a spy story yes. through and through, right? Yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a 
are you telling the truth? No, I'm lying. Are you telling the truth? No, I'm lying. I, I No, I'm telling the truth now that I'm lying. But I was lying before. Now I'm not lying now. But I am lying to you now. But kind of. <laughs> well, maybe. You know, like, it's just this insane, like, layer upon layer. And that's when it gets a little silly because, but then it breaks. Like, at one point in the book, three quarters in, it's, you lied to me. Yes, I know I did, but I lied to you because I lied to him. Mm. But you lied to me. Yes, so I lied to mm. you. So I, you don't know who to trust anywhere. And it gets a little silly, and then it breaks. And Because right when it, you're like, okay. It, yeah, honestly, is, it picks the right moment, too, because right. all that intrigue it builds does. up to a good, like, now it doesn't matter, we've got to get on with this kind of thing. Right, see, right, right. It's a little bit Tinker Tailor Space Marine Spy, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a general feel. it's a Cold War thriller. That's why it's awesome. And, and Imi has a wonderfully, like, if you, if you get into a lot of the lore, the ending has some really big ramifications, which is kind of like, what, seriously? You know, kind of thing going on there. Yeah. Um, and I, I love it end-to-end. End. I think yep. I, it's definitely my kind of book. And also I'd mention, if we, since we're on the subject of chaos in general, has a really good look at a society that is driven by chaos. It's a completely functional, normal society. It's got a Middle Eastern, um, uh, what do we call it, caliphate okay. feel to it. in Region? terms of in, yeah, the, 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 the they don't really yeah. they don't really go into it too much. Yeah, you get but you, but some you see, exposure to yeah, you it, see a lot. You see, much. you see the main guy infiltrate the cities a few times, and you get a very good feel of what their culture is like for the people there. And whilst it's clearly toxic to the Imperium, it's a functioning real culture. There are people who live in this in an ordinary way, which is the really the big thing to get to the, the idea of this chaos is the people in the Imperium in the current setting of forty k in the in the, the ten thousand years on from the Legion stories have this idea of chaos as these raving psychotic whatever kind of killers calling all, causing all these fair problems and that is a realistic look at the people on the front line mm-hmm. but chaos takes over whole civilizations and those are different that's a different matter it's i could i could make a lot of um, unpleasant comparisons to how to some of the stereotypes we have about peoples to which we're opposed to in real the real world right. but that's what these stories are getting at the idea that we see these people who do these horrible things and forget that behind them there is a whole civilization right. that while different to ours is a civilization we'd recognize. It's a group of people living an ordinary life. For people out there, chaos is the best thing that ever happened to them. And that's the real thing that Imperium is afraid of. The idea that it's like, oh, wow, they could realize that it works, as it mm-hmm. were. You know, I mean, yes, it has an essential bad thing behind it, but it really, really does. Well, there's a little bad thing known as... I mean, that's the one thing that I, get, that I get out of reading a lot of the stories. Um, you know, the civilization of the Imperium is... You know, we've talked about it before. It's stagnant. Um, it's declining because there's nothing that that has. Um, they they basically got frozen in a moment in time when the emperor got wounded. That's a good way to put it. Exactly that. Yeah, they, they, you're totally right. They did. They they, they got locked at that point and never went anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. You yeah. know. And, and, but uh, you know, it, all that eventually without without progress, without forward momentum, all that eventually starts decaying. Over and mm-hmm. and it's like, well, this. It's definitely got to the point of, I think, in the Imperium, it's like, this is the way we've always done it, so this is the way we will always do it. This is the way the Emperor decreed it to be done. Now, whether that's true or not, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. because a lot of that all came out of, obviously, as he started, as the Emperor started putting more and more of his focus into how he was dealing with the threat of chaos and what the warp meant, and mm-hmm. he was turning more and more of the direction of civic duties over to that that. The, the civilians mm-hmm. um, and I forget what they're called but you know the space marines were, were yeah. well you, you get the high lords of terror now which the yeah the, the high lords groups. of terror yeah, yeah. And, and the space marines you know all the primarchs they were, they were kind of like you know they felt betrayed some of them felt betrayed that the emperor had abandoned them 
Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he was no longer leading him on this great well, crusade. I, that was, and, and I, to me, that's still the the linchpin event, right? Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. that's the one thing. That's the one way. You know, of course, the emperor protects, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But he does. He is, I guess, still. A, a basically human in that he's error prone. Yeah, he made a mistake. Right? And he made a mistake. As you were saying there as well. It's the, it's well, did he make it? Well, sometimes you, sometimes <laughs> you have nothing but bad choices. Yes. You, 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 you can be in a situation where you have nothing but bad choice. So it's like, what's the least bad choice? No, okay. Yeah. Right. yeah, we, we know. Now, now, I don't think he was all, an all powerful seer knowing, okay, if I take this choice, then, you know, this is going to erupt and this is going to happen. One of the but. arguments in the 40k setting is that the warp is that essence of unpredictability. It's the reason that anyone looking forward can't see anything accurately. It's the force for change. It will mess something up, basically, is the idea. But as you were saying there, a good way to look at that, you know, talking about the whole leadership of the Emperor, well, going too much tangential, you face the classic old kind of King Arthur problem of you have a noble and good ruler, that's fine, but he has people who do things in his name. Are they noble and good too? You better hope so, because as far as you're concerned, they're the king. <laughs> right. And, and, right, that, right, and that's right, the problem yeah, that yeah, just yeah, spreads yeah, on. Yeah, and that's yeah, what the yeah. Imperium's problem just spreads on down. Like you say, they make proclamations in the name of the emperor, emperor, and the place stagnates. It's these problems. Yeah. And that that whole thing about two bad decisions. Yeah. He's he he may be thinking I could be I could be destabilizing the Imperium by stepping back from it. But we've just been talking about how bad to the Imperium chaos is. So, like you say, he's got two <coughs> two big enemies. Yeah. You know, his own people all the ca- if he, all chaos. If he doesn't, if he doesn't yeah. retire, you know, maybe he's thinking if he doesn't retire. And find a way to solve this, to find a way to protect the Imperium from it. Then right. he knows the Imperium's going to fall anyway. Period. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Chaos is going to win out. And a good um, re- doing a little bit of research on recent writings about chaos, which makes me sound even more like a friendly cultist from the start. Um, <laughs> I realized I got into the idea that right now this is the worst it's ever been. There are warp storms everywhere in the 40k setting. There are there are um, portals into the warp opening far more regular, there are far, far stronger occurrence of psychic powers amongst the human population. This is the, the end time is, is, is ramping up, as it were. Mm-hmm. This is the time of chaos. And so here's, here's where we segue into, into Barzul. 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 Barzul, yes. It's a good Barzul. Right? So, bad decisions... Chaos can lead you to bad decisions. <laughs> Playing Barzul, it seems seems Sorry. with the zero five three eleven once he's bloodied thing Sorry. can provoke a hell of a lot of bad decisions for me. Sorry, chaos, <coughs> not even once. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got a title for the episode anyway. <laughs> but um, so how do you play this guy right? Because he's a zero five. If you have if you have his signature attachment, which is the three shield that gives him um, uh, brutal while he's healthy, mm-hmm. so he will be able to hit while he's healthy. He gets armor bane while he's bloodied, so he's only going to hit for three armor bane when he's bloodied. So you have his attachment. It's it's but let's that's that's one in fifty cards, right? So let's put set that aside. If he doesn't have his attachment, zero five, right? He's not doing anything. And if he's not at the planet, I don't think you can move damage to him. He has to be at the planet to to, rea- for, to for have his, his reaction, right? For his, his reaction to work. Well, I thought I thought the doesn't his signature squad move? His signature squad. Oh yeah, it is. It is after you need, you can you control at this planet takes damage. Right. Move uh, all it, yeah. Then he has to be at the planet for for to be, <sighs> to, to protect his units. And then his signature squad, you can do two damage to them. 
to give them plus two attack for the next attack. Mm-hmm. Once per limit, once per phase. Yeah. Limit once per phase. So, so you know, Barzul can you can do <coughs> two damage to a <coughs> squad, transfer it to Barzul, and they can swing for four. four yeah, and right? we should also clarify because I, I was definitely excited about this until we did. You deal damage to the unit, resolve all the effects of damage, then you move the damage. So if they die, it's too late. Right. 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 So. None of the none of the, um, <laughs> none of the alpha Le- alpha legion like oh, you can I can I can like hit him for you can hit him for three and then it goes to Balzul instead. No, yeah, he dies long these, before that happens. After a unit <laughs> control takes damage, damage not yeah. as assigned damage, right. but takes damage. So right. that's well, yeah, because that's I guess a little bit later guess, than assigned, right? Yeah. That's the difference. That's the difference with between uh, uh, old one eye and his signature squad because as right as they're assigned damage, you can transfer it right. over to old one. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a and it's move, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You can't reass and old one eye is reassigned to is from yeah. a six squad to a, to him, mm-hmm. so you can shield it on on old one eye, but that's a move, so you can't do anything. It moves to him, and mm-hmm. there's no way to prevent the move. Right. Yep. So it's it is a reaction. However, he's a zero five. He has to sit there at the planet to protect his units. Once he's bloodied, he goes back to planet. He goes back to HQ. Mm-hmm. So. It's going to take a little... Like, I think a lot of people are more excited about playing him than they are about playing Archon Selene Morn, mm-hmm. who we haven't talked about. But she's the Dark Eldar warlord that... You know, she's the Dark Eldar warlord. Anyhow, seems like he's going to take a little bit of play to really figure out... I'm looking forward to playing Carl in the first round, maybe... Of this weekend's store <laughs> championships, when he's his first game with Barzul, and yeah. he doesn't know how to drive him, yeah. and I and I win, and yeah. then he learns how to drive him by round four when he's playing you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, should, we should we should clarify here. Um, we we had a discussion last time we recorded about what should we take the store championships. We should do these decks, blah blah blah. What, things that are fun, things that you or things that you know played, etc. And I considered all this, weighed the balance, studied the effect, and decided that I'm going to play a warlord that's released today. <laughs> Basically, yeah, that's my plan. I'm going to well, take in a tournament in two days. Yeah. Awesome, love it. That's I'm gonna do it. I got this deck, I'm gonna play tomorrow. Nah, Nah, I'm I'm gonna build this up. I'm gonna grab the new guy. Well, I I looked over, I've done one one of the things I do quite a lot with FFG now, which is look to okay, what have I got that's going into this deck? Mm -hmm. You know, built pre built my deck basically and how to play and mess around with it. And you know, it it looks like a fun stuff and it should be, it should be, and that's basically the plan. If you remember, I think it was um, Dan Arginio, a good like year or so back before one of the Netrunner tournaments, talked about um, uh, embracing variants. Playing something where you know that against the good players, you've got an up in the air chance because they might not know how to play against it. Against the bad players, you'll be fine. Against the mid rangers, should be okay. So what, let's see how this goes. You know, the, the, accepting <laughs> the fact that you're going to lose some games and win some, and that's the corn style. I'm going to take a few wounds on the way. That's fine, but I'm going to give this a go. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to. It. I will mention one of the things that I think a lot of people haven't really brought too much about this guy. He's, he's a warlord with a signature squad as normal. Now, while he himself is going to take some play to get around, you know, you get bloodied and sent home, you ricochet damage, his signature unit is five freaking health. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, a five health. hell of a thing it's to a, get off of. It's a, a three cost, right? He's three a three cost for cost. a two five and the command icon. Yeah. With the ability to, if you need to, take that extra damage. That's a hell of a thing to get away from a planet. Turn it into a, into a four or five. And, hitter. And, in, and with, with all the two shield cards that. Most chaos decks carry Zinch's Fire, Storm, Slanisha's yep. Temptation, these kinds of things. You can protect them for that from the damage after they take the two, because they have to take the two damage. If you shield 
Yeah. If you shield that damage, it doesn't trigger. Yeah, it's a bit. Right? But again, you don't. What I'm getting is you <coughs> kind of like the whole thing of getting Parzu bloody as quickly as possible, which you don't have to do. Is not necessarily optimal. Yeah. It's right. not necessarily optimal to throw extra damage on these guys. They've got to attack a go. That's not exactly yeah. chicken feed, and they're so hard to kill. So you right. can you can grind down a planet. You can you can you can spike it out with big damage. Blood for the blood god. One damage to everyone who's not damage yep. the planet so yep. they, they go I do my attack and then you get to the whole swarm of extra hit on there yep. you know um, sowing chaos also might work well for them sowing chaos is the two cost event mm -hmm. where all units of two all army units of two cost or less at blue planets are destroyed yeah I think I was going warp yeah. storm first time round I'm, I'm going to wait and see on sowing sowing is going to take a little more finesse to, to target well um, I, was, I, was, I was thinking warp storm that and the um, the hulk the, the Hulk support, Caverex or whatever it is exactly. Uh, the, the weird card. Karu Aramaeus. Yep. Yeah. That. Karux. Karux Aramaeus. Yeah, that, that fella, which is. That's one of the most intriguing cards in his signature set in, try, in trying to use that at all. Well, it triggers, a it triggers a battle at a non first planet where there is no Warlord. You must use it before any other battle in the combat phase. <laughs> so yeah, the, the trick yeah. being there that you can swarm out little guys and you can trigger battle effects before anything else fires. And if the if for example, I mean perfect perfect case scenario, if the remove damage from a target unit is out there and Barzul has been worn down to two or three health remaining from his eleven, whatever it is, then you can just yeah. wipe the whole thing yeah. and no one can do a yeah. damn thing about it. Yeah. You know, that's then that's a, that's an extreme one, but that's a powerful trick in itself. Yeah. Well that and also let's say you you, you send out a you're at a command struggle where they've put out rogue pirates or void rogue traders or, or void pirates mm -hmm. and you put out a one one and you're like, Alright, well, you know, I'll trigger the command. Yep. I'll trigger the battle there, so mm -hmm. that I will wipe out. Because Barzul, he doesn't. In my in my play style, I would think I may use him to command snipe. Turn one, maybe. Um, and if he happens to get beat up, great. Okay, perfect. You know. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I want him going with my combat units. He's going to be kind of going to the first planet all the time, yeah. with his, with. Or whatever whatever planet I, I'm wanting a battle at. Right, I'm I'm excited about that particular signature, like the combinations that are possible. Mm -hmm. Because you say, oh, you know what? Before this one, and notice it do, it does say if only if no other battles have been initiated. So if you're in a mirror match and both of you have it out, only one of you can trigger it. Yeah, that's what. It means. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, right? that's a fun bit right there. Yeah. So you can only so so only so whoever has initiative. Trigger. Yeah. Or yeah. if the other person passes and lets the other person yep. do it. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Why you would let another person... Like, you could trigger a battle on an empty planet. Mm -hmm. Why you would have initiative and not trigger it if you, your opponent has it, you don't give them that kind of control. Yeah, totally. Right? I mean, yeah, yeah. perfect situation. Yeah, my, my assumption is Barzul's going against Barzul. There's going to be a lot of units facing each other. He might just not want to lose anything quite yet. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. It, I, I've got a feeling, yeah, Barzul versus Barzul is going to be a high body count. Fights, I'm pretty sure, as Colm would approve. So the planet that deals one damage to either units in HQ or adjacent, yeah, adjacent planets. Mm -hmm. That's Atrax Prime. Atrax mm -hmm. Prime, right? That, in my mind, that would be a great target for that ability. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, like ha have one, have one guy there. Make sure you're like, oh, I'll trigger plant. I'll trigger the battle there. I win. I'm going to deal damage to both, you know, both adjacent planets. Mm -hmm. And if you got brutal, you guys there that got brutal. Okay, great. If if they're not even anywhere near, you're wiping some, wiping out some of the. 
idea like damaging your other your opponent's stuff or maybe wiping mm-hmm. out some of their command units. Well, yeah, it's 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 almost like a Karnath, right? You're all, it's almost a Karnath in play. Trigger the battle ability in another planet. Yeah, Karnath is that that one, right? Yeah. So having that signature support out there is huge. <coughs> I was teaching Michael last night. Mm-hmm. Michael has all the cards. He's a local player. Uh, he has all the cards, but he hadn't ever he hadn't played yet. So I did a demo with him. We were de- we were just using the demo uh, Sicarius and the demo Nasdrake decks. But I had the opportunity, and it just came about. It was a total coincidence that Karnath was the first planet, and Aatrox Prime was planet Oof. four, and he was on planet three. So I trigger Aatrox. I had my commander. I had my guy on planet four. So I trigger I trigger Karnath to trigger Aatrox to do a damage to Cato and his guys. <laughs> so Cato's at five of six damage, right? Mm. And then mm. he has his he does his battle which was like discard a card and mm. so he goes back to HQ and then Nasdrag triggers Aatrox Prime again to do a damage to HQ and he's bloody and he's like wow that <laughs> happened fast there's nothing I could have done and I'm like yeah because I triggered Aatrox twice mm-hmm. right because Karnath was in play and you were at the planet where I can trigger you, yeah. were, you were somewhere I could trigger Aatrox to get the most efficient I, I, I and sure. so that's one of those little that's the subtlety of the game sometimes you can pull that off and that's where I fail on Octagon <laughs> I was going to say a Just short. Want to bring that up one more time because yeah, I'm yeah, still yeah, sick about no, it. Yeah, yeah. A short, a short lesson on how how um, important the planets are. Yeah, in, in, the, in right the order, there, you know? right? If you have Karnath uh, early, you know, in the first three or four planets, he can be that can be powerful. Mm-hmm. If he's the first one, not so powerful. Mm-hmm. If he's the third or fourth or fifth one, he's going to that thing is going to be the destination planet. Mm-hmm. You got to think, how am I going to dissuade my opponent from going there? And I would say as well, m- mentioning Aatrox Prime specifically in terms of Barzul, it's um, first combat action is Blood for the Blood got a planet, then second one is Aatrox Prime, and you just got a Warp Storm for cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. Right there. You know, and hopefully hopefully your guys are already wounded because that's how it goes, so they don't even take the first set of damage. You know? Right. So. Um, so I like the idea of playing Barzul. I think he's going to take, he's going to, for me, it's going to end, a lot of games are going to end in frustration because I'm like, so. I blooded him too soon. Yes. Because <clears throat> yep. one thing you can't do is you can't go, once you bloody him, he's taking 11. And if the healing planet isn't in play, mm-hmm. he ain't getting any of it back, right? Mm-hmm. He's, it's, it's a high Clyde 11. And you're like, no, I can take six, right? Or I can take five. But if they have just a few weenies, um, you can be in real trouble. And you were saying before, there's, pl- there's plenty of good high shield cards in there, which is definitely something mm-hmm. I-, I built the deck around having probably slightly more shielding than normal, on the assumption I'm going to be bouncing a lot of damage. So what's guy. slightly high shielding than normal? Uh, don't quote me, I'll have to go to it, but probably two or three cards more, something like that. So uh, do you look at the stats on the deck builders at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah? So yeah. do you remember what your number was? What did it once? So okay. Not yet. So not until I played it. Because when <laughs> I've, I've played my high, high shield things mm. has been 1.6 per card like I have 15 cards and 1.6 is the average if it's not and that, that's pretty high if it's not that it's a li- it's like 1.514 it's, it yeah. wasn't much it wasn't yeah. miles out from that okay yeah I, and I, I couldn't see I don't know and that might be a discussion that we can we, maybe something we can watch yeah. over the coming months well, is what is a what is a high shield point and maybe those are two numbers how many cards are shields mm-hmm. and then how many uh, what's your average shield per card well, I can tell you, this is a, a low support deck. I basically got um, his signature and ammo depots. Right. And that's pretty right. much it, you know, the rest yeah. of it. Um, uh, w- one thing I'm working around to was, particularly with the high shield cards, of course you get um, Zinch's fire. 
Which mm -hmm. is fine. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah which yeah, is yeah. a fantastic card, two shields, lots of damage. But the really, really fun part is, is lore wise, Corn hates sorcerers and the use of magic. So right right here, right here I'm oh, upsetting really? him by going, I'm gonna take one of the zappiest magical spells in the game. <laughs> and Corn's sitting there going, mm. He doesn't like He's, it. He doesn't approve. Yeah. You know, yeah, so it could so, be my so undoing. Thematically, you should just kill your own warlord. Yeah, if basically. you have five, you just, just zinch as Oh, you can't zinch as Firestorm or Warlord. Yeah, exactly. Never mind. Unfortunately. <laughs> yep. I could warp stone the planet a few times. There we go. Yeah, that, yeah, that would yeah, do the yeah, job. Yeah, you know, that yeah. would do the job. <laughs> that would do the job. So we're going to return to... Longtime listeners will remember a segment that we've, we've been, we did in the early episodes called How Do You Beat Them? Given that we haven't done that segment for a while because we kind of... We, we didn't do all, all the Core Lord Warlords, but, but maybe we didn't cover Strachan. Maybe we didn't cover... All of them. We left one or two hanging, I think. But I'd have to look back at the records. But um, we're going to revisit that segment. Now it's so, time. Plenty of new warlords. Yeah, let's let's talk about how do you beat them. And, and I'd be interested in maybe doing a old one high Because <laughs> he's a... He's a... God dang, he's hard to kill. I was going to say, yeah, start, start with... Don't, I haven't, don't expect to bloody him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't... I've played no. like four games of old one eye lately. No, haven't lost. I've played games against Old One Eye lately, and the ones I remember most recently were against you, mm. and I have won. Yeah, he's a he's a monster, right? Yeah. He's just a he's just a monster, and he can put out so much stuff, and that's why I'm still debating. I would love to play War on Sunday, mm. but there's always like maybe I should play Old One Eye. So I don't know. Good old No, no Mercy and Fallback are always fun yeah, cards to have exactly. around, you know, in a good deck. Exactly. You know? So, <laughs> if you guys, if, if anyone wants to hear uh, our weak opinions on how do you beat them, <laughs> but be sure and uh, tweet us or respond to our Facebook page or something like that if you want to hear our opinions on a particular warlord. Suggest who to start them. Right? Yeah, 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 for yeah, sure. We've talked about quite a few of them, but of course the meta has changed some. Not, oh, I would love to say a lot, but just some since we've done that. Uh, so let us know. This week, this weekend here in uh, Fort Collins, we have uh, the Haunted Game Cafe Store Championships for Conquest. So if you're in the area, uh, great. By the time you, some of you, by the time you listen to this, we might be done. <laughs> and we might have announced the player. Uh, oh, player. A player? The really? winner? The a player. winner. The player. A winner. A winner, Don, it's, yes. A winner. <laughs> Remember, folks, winner. you can't win if you don't play. Yeah. yeah. I bought one ticket for Powerball. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought maybe. It's my first ticket that I've ever bought for Powerball that's in the, my life, I think. That's, that, that's, but, the, you know, that's the essence of a Chaos a, 1. A, well, I know it's not going to work, but you never know. <laughs> yeah. It's $1.6 billion. You know, I'll take a one and get bajillion. Uh, I, yeah, I normally don't play, but they, they did a couple of pools at, at work. Oh, yeah. At, when it was first 800 and some odd million on the Wednesday drawing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, hey, you want to, it's $5 to get in the pool. I'm like, yeah, all right. Sure. Sure, sure yeah. why not? It's like, we didn't win? Darn it. Yeah, I'll get into the Saturday pool. <laughs> not to, oh, wait, somebody else won I and spent it wasn't all us? three yeah. bucks. Yeah, yeah not, not, not to get everyone's um, future dreams on high power balls gone, but one of my favorite quotes, factoids about this, was that um, that current that particular Powerball? You were thirty times more likely to die driving to buy a ticket than you were to win. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd mention anyway. Awesome. <laughs> and chaos lives. Right? Yep, yep, exactly. So, uh, all right. So we um, surrounding ourselves with store championships here in Colorado. We've got one on at the Hound Game Cafe on Sunday. Yeah, specifically Petri's is on February twentieth, and then uh, Grand Slams a week later. Yep. Yep, yep. In, in Loveland. So I'm planning uh, on, on the 27th. I'm planning on hitting Grand Slam Loveland at least. Even I can get from Colorado Springs to Loveland in a week, so. <laughs> 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 
just make, I was making the comment. We got, we got, there's a lot of congestion in North Colorado area on this problem. I think we have two of the Netrunner ones. Patrice and ours are literally a day apart. Yeah. So it would be a yeah, game of yeah, yeah. 6.30 in the morning Saturday. Go to one, go to one Netrunner event, play all day. Go home, come back next day after having driven six hours well, on and that you day. Guys, <laughs> and, and, and the people in Colorado Springs and, and Fort Collins are lucky. They don't have a long drive on one of the days. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. true. Yeah, I'm one of them at least. Yeah, no, I, totally. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, You're right I in between. Long, I got an hour and a half one direction, 50 minutes the other <laughs> yeah, one. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. One of the things we have is we do have an active YouTube channel. Assuming Barzul arrives soon. I'll be posting, hopefully, a Barzul match here. My uh, my chaotic helpers so, will be very glad to tear open the boxes, ignore I'm anything s- apart from boundless hate. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah, Carl's got help. Yeah, no, yeah. Help, help, help him shredding the boxes violently. I've got, I've got a chain axe in the back ready for him. If you see a weird cut in the game that John and I are about to play, that explains it. No, no, sorry. So what? What? what the, way, the, the, way, the way the video we're about to record goes is very simple, which is these guys are laying out like... Starblaze and war kind of thing. Do they do? Hey, what's that? Comes back to bloodstained cards. Something in the tail. Basil! Yo! All of a sudden, there's a huge clawed, yeah. scarred metal arm going. You attack here! <laughs> you know, you know. Oh, we still haven't played a game with our with our bracers. With our props. <laughs> <laughs> with our arm bracers. I have to build my. If, if I if I enjoy Barzul, I'll I'll, um, I'll put a project together to make myself a nice big spiked. 40k-ish style lever yeah, piece yeah, of craziness. Yeah, yeah. There very you go. Cool, very cool. <laughs> so we have that active YouTube channel and the videos are sponsored by the very same Haunted Game Cafe that we're sitting in right now. Thanks to Haunted Game Cafe for the recording space. If you would like to join the discussion, have ideas for future episodes, feedback or questions for us, you can contact us at TrassicSectorWarcast at gmail.com via our Facebook page or Twitter at TrassicSectorWC or leave a comment in the episode's comment section. This episode was sponsored in part by Rocky Mountain PC. Thanks for listening. Blood Blood for the the Blood Blood God. Another stupid musical yeah, reference. Yeah, why not? Keep, keep doing these. Keep, keep, sure. I was going to say, keep both making musical references and, and neatly watermarking our, our average age. All you need is blood. All you need is blood. Blood. All you need is blood, blood, blood is all you need.